Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm your host, Ina Esco, the double E. And as you can see, we are inside my podcast studio here at the historic Cossett Library. And you know, Verbally Effective is all about the intersections of art, culture, politics, entertainment with a Memphis focus. And today I have a young man that is one of the most creative photojournalists that I've ever seen. I am talking about the Delvin Young, uh, a.k.a. Mercy, because we got to stick that brand up in there as well. Um, I mentioned he's a photographer, um, a photojournalist, a creative creative director. Welcome, Delvin. How are you, sir? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm glad you're sitting inside the studio today. What you don't know is I'm this is the first here. time that we filmed Verbally Effective inside the podcast studio here at Cossett. I'm the first guest. Yes, wow. you are. Wow. You are. And I'm I want to. Yes, yes. I want to send a big shout out to my girl Shay Harris uh, behind the lens today. Definitely. Because she does great work as well. Shout out to Shay, man. Uh, big <laughs> shout outs to my good, good, good partner. Uh, uh, you know, everybody that's a part of the podcast here at Cossett, I appreciate it. Um, we're, we're doing some great things with the residency as the innovator in residence here at Cossett. We do podcast programming. We've done a big podcast festival um and now we are recording our episodes here so uh shout out to my boy marlon as well for keeping me motivated shout out to marlon Marlon. but let's jump into delvin young who is delvin young who is this amazing photographer behind the lens let's start at the beginning delvin yes okay so where are you originally from I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, uh, kind of migrated pretty soon after to Memphis, Tennessee, and I also spent a lot of time in California, so kind of kind of pretty, Okay. traveled pretty, uh, pretty far and about. And guess what? Okay. I was born in San Antonio, Texas. Wow. I, I am originally from Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, uh, Texas. Beaumont, Texas. Have you ever heard of Beaumont? I just recently uh, became a little familiar with Beaumont, Texas by way of Tizo Touchdown, the new artist. Mm-hmm. I hear he's from there. He's been shining a little light really? in the Beaumont, Texas area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he's been kind of like put on the map by Drake and uh, Kanye, a couple artists like that. He's pretty talented. A lot of hot talent out of Beaumont, Texas. I'm, I'm looking at some hot talent <laughs> out of yes. Beaumont, Texas right now. So, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so you were born in Dallas. What made you move to Memphis. Uh, well, my my family, uh, my mom's side of the family is originally from Memphis. I don't, I have, I don't really have an idea of what prompted her to go to Dallas, and you know how I was born there. But um, I guess she had some friends and relatives there, so I mean that's, I guess, kind of that, that's how that happened. But um, yeah, kind of went back to Memphis and spent a lot of time there. Was raised there, so. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, did you grow up with your mom and dad? 
I grew up with my mom and uh, mostly my grandmother, but yeah, those mm-hmm. two mainly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how was it growing up with your grandmother? It was pretty cool, man. Um, she she taught me a lot of great things. Uh, I looked at my grandmother as a very, very important person in my life. Uh, she was there for a lot of my biggest moments, uh, a lot of my uh, saddest moments. She taught me how to have respect for people, for things. Um, she taught me the importance of education and and uh, just being a, a good person and a, and a good kid. It was it was fun. Yes. And what what school did you go to in Memphis? Uh, I remember going to Spring Hill Elementary. I remember going to Delano Optional School. I remember going to Coleman Elementary. I remember going to Raleigh Egypt High School also. How was the Pharaohs back in the day, Delvin? Man, the Pharaohs. Shout out to Raleigh Egypt. The Pharaohs, <laughs> shout out man. to Raleigh Egypt. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be right if I didn't if I didn't give a shout out to my uh, alma mater, my high, my high school. I spent some time there. Um, it was pretty fun. I played uh, sports. I played basketball my uh, freshman and sophomore year. Were you hoping? I was pretty good. You got you had to be pretty good to make a Raleigh Egypt team back yeah. in that time. And uh, we were who was we the were, coach? Jimmy Adams, Coach Adams okay. was a, was a coach. Uh, coach Barnes, he was a coach also. So mm-hmm. we always had we always had a pretty pretty great team. Uh, we went to uh, nationals in uh, Nashville. I think okay. we were runner up. Um, to Bolivar one year, I think it was oh six oh seven, but um, but yeah, we were always pretty good in basketball. We're kind of uh, known for being like a stylish school. A lot of kids dressed pretty nice, so it was kind of main so uh, mainly known for that. But uh, okay. I enjoyed my experience there. Okay, and what were you into other than sports around that time? Man, uh, dressing nice and uh, girls, honestly. Okay, honest, I got I was, you. I was into like looking <laughs> apart, dressing nice, man, and because uh, you're dressed very stylish today, and everything you, that I, I see from you on social media, you you have some nice style. Thank so you, you've I always had that. I would like to think so. And who did you get it from? Um, just from what I just from what I saw um, around from where I grew up and, and what I always saw on TV. Um, it, style was just kind of a, a, a big thing to me. I felt like if you looked the part, you know, what, what do you understand to say? I mean, if you look good, you feel mm-hmm. good, you feel good, you play good, and you play good, they pay good. So that's kind of okay. something I've always lived by. So okay. I mean, I feel good when I put on clothes. So Yes, sir. So when you graduated from Raleigh, Egypt, what was Delvin Young into after graduating high school? Um... After uh, after graduating high school, I don't. Um, I was I was still playing basketball, so I was really into that. But um, I was kind of kind of uh, leaving basketball alone once I found that I wasn't going to really be just pursuing it um, long time. And um, it was just kind of in the period of my grandmother um, passing. So I was. Mm. This was a kind of a point in my life where I was kind of figuring things out. I was kind of yeah. trying to find my way as far as what I wanted to do for a living and as far as uh, career-wise. And I had just had a kid also. I just had my daughter also. So I was kind of figuring mm. things out. I, what I did, what I do know and what I've always known is I wanted to be on, I wanted to be famous. Mm. Why is that, Delvin? I can remember as long as I was <laughs> able to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like I was yeah. like, yeah, I got to be on TV one day. I got to be famous people got to know who i am people got to know my name i got to be really good at something i i I just always wanted to make it i wanted to Mm -hmm. i wanted to be somebody that um that my 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 family could uh be proud of and Mm -hmm. my future kids could look up to okay so Mm -hmm. you were a new dad immediately Immediately. uh graduating from high school how was Mm -hmm. that experience that was a life because you were what 18 yeah 17 actually yeah that was like a life-changing experience man um I didn't really uh, have a lot of parents around. Um, 
my mother, she was going through some uh, problems with uh, drug addiction. And um, like I said, I lost my uh, grandmother at an early age. My, mm-hmm. my dad wasn't really around. So I didn't really have a, a lot of parental guidance. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of had the guidance of a um, little bit of my older brother and, and a lot of my older friends were pretty much guiding me. And as you know, friends, you know, they, they mm-hmm. weren't really the right, um, you know, people to have guiding you. So I kind of made a lot of bad decisions, a lot of mistakes, and that led to me having a kid early. But um, it became a blessing in disguise because, you know, they, they really gave me the motivation and the, and the drive and determination to really make something out of myself, even at an early age. So mm-hmm. that's the way I looked at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But have you always been a very present father? No, I'm not going to lie. I, um, I'm not going to be the person that sits here and makes it seem like I was always the the best dad because I wasn't. Because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have a dad myself, so I never yeah. really knew what uh, having uh, everyday dad looked like. Not even what, uh, not, it was a long time before I even knew what my dad looked like at all. You know what I'm mm. saying? So um, growing up and uh, being under some unfortunate uh, situations and circumstances caused me to to kind of be like a lackluster dad to start out, I would say. I was present, but I wasn't just the the best dad in my opinion I could have done yeah better but I guess I would say the circumstances maybe that quality time wasn't yeah it? yeah I guess I would say the the circumstances that I was under as being so young and still trying to figure things out kind of attributed to that but getting older is where I would say um, I got a lot better once I started mm-hmm. to find my way figure things out and the importance of how to be a dad I understood what actually being a parent meant and mm-hmm. so that helped me out a lot so how is your relationship with your daughter now. Great. Uh, she she's like she's like my best friend, man. Um, I share a lot of things with her. We're, we're close. We have our moments, you know, where we kind of fight. You know what I'm saying? She's she's getting a little older now, where she's fourteen. How old is she? She's fourteen. She's fourteen, going on thirty five. Okay, you know I can believe it. She's a Sagittarius. She's a sweet as Ooh, gold. Ooh, a Yeah, very smart little girl. Um, I love her a lot. Uh, she's taught me a lot. You know, so we have our moments, but I like to think that we're um, we're building on a, a great relationship. You know, she's there. She's been there for a lot of my tough moments and a lot of my good moments, and I've been there for a lot of hers. So, you know, mm-hmm. we have a growing relationship and a great relationship, and it's my baby. I love her to death. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, I know there was a certain point in your life where um, you had an accident that changed the trajectory mm-hmm. of your life. Talk to us about that. Man, um, this accident was, was kind of kind of something that really kind of happened out of the blue for me. Um I had uh, moved to uh, California in search of a better life, um, in search of a a career. I wanted to act. I wanted to kind of really put my best foot forward with modeling and just really just try to make something out of myself that I couldn't really get off the ground in Memphis that I was struggling to make happen in Memphis at the time. And, of course, I had family also in California. So that's the reason that I prompted to move there. So it started out pretty well. Um, I was discovered at my job at Fat Siles. Shout out to Fat Siles in Hollywood, California. Really good people over there. They hired me when I had nothing going. But um, What kind of company is that, Fat Styles? It is like a very, very popular uh, sandwich place. It's like a okay. place where you go get food, kind of like that stays open until like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. But it's very popular because a lot of celebrities go are there. known to walk in at any given moment. Like you may okay. see Justin Bieber walk in one day or, <laughs> you know, Lakeith Stanfield maybe sitting there eating lunch Ooh, one day eat. or whatever. So it's pretty pretty popular for that and a lot of rappers come enjoy it after the clubs and after their LA appearances too so okay that's what attracted my attention to it I feel like if I was in the right place at the right time maybe I could get discovered and that's actually what happened um I was at work one day working the register uh, and this guy he was ordering food and he looked at me 
And he said something to me, and I guess I said something funny back to him, made him laugh, and um, he got his food, he sat down, and he ate his food, and by the time he got ready to leave, he approached me again, and he asked me, he said, have I ever thought about acting and modeling? And I told him that I had a little experience modeling, but never acting. And he kind of like slid me his number, kind of like on a slick little way, and he was like, whenever you get some time, call me. So, I mean, if you're ever uh, familiar with anything going on in L.A., you know you hear a lot of stories about people discovering people, but mm -hmm. a lot of times it be it doesn't fall through, it'd be a little phony, so that's what was my first impression. I was like, this guy isn't for real. I was like, nah, I'm I hear like, a lot of horror stories. This? I'm like, nah, you know, <laughs> he's full of it, you know, whatever like that. So I never called the guy, actually. And, um, yeah, so I would say months went by. And um, I was at my desk one day, um, living with my brother in Hollywood, didn't have anything going on, still working at my job, but I didn't have any success as far as um, landing any gigs with uh, acting and modeling. So I kid you not, this is how this went. Um, I was, like I said, I was bored, didn't have anything to do, sitting at my desk, and I was going through my pockets. And I was going through my pockets, and there was a guy's number. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this guy's number, it must mean something. So I said, let me call this guy, hopefully he remembers who I am. <clears throat> so I call him, he answered the phone. I was like, hey, this is such, such, such Delvin, you know, I met you at Fat Siles, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, do you remember who I am? Do you remember me? He was like, yeah, of course I remember you, man. Can I forget? <laughs> of course. I was like, thank God, thank God. <laughs> and uh, he was like, man, what are you doing today? I was like, man, I'm off work today. Like, like, what's going on? He was like, well, can you uh, come to my theater over here on Melrose? And I was like, yeah, sure. I had no car at the time, so I had no idea how I was going to get there. But I, but I told him, yes, I could. You know, so um, I got off the phone with him. Um, I got somebody to get me an Uber there to, uh, to the theater. At the time, I met with him. He put a script in my hand immediately. But I, as soon as I got there, um, I joined the, the theater group that he was already, uh, I think, practicing with or rehearsing with. Um, so I did pretty good with that my first day. And at the end of the day, he was like, yeah, you're going to be an actor. You should, you should really um, pursue this. So I started doing theater and um, dramatic theater, drama theater. I started doing like random gigs in L.A. I landed a, a gig with Perry Ellis, modeling. You started to pretty much get myself out there in the industry. And months later, um, just a random day, I woke up. And um, this is literally how it happened, just the most random in injury. Kid you not. Woke up was dealing with some anxiety problems. So my, unbeknownst to me, I had really had any kind of knowledge about anxiety or how it works. And so me experiencing an anxiety attack, I didn't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on at the so time. So it was, Yeah, it was kind of, it freaked me out. It was scary as hell. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to act, what to do. And so I just remember pacing back and forth. So in the middle of me pacing back and forth, up and down this hallway, I remember hearing something in my knee and then like my ankle like pop i just remember like a big what? pop yes literally like i remember just pacing back and forth and uh i heard a pop and um i was like what the hell is that i didn't know what it was but you know me playing sports all my life i've heard things like that happen of course you know in certain instances and it's happened to me before so i kind of brushed it off as like a you know probably twisted my ankle or something like that so i didn't really pay any attention to it Next morning, I couldn't even, my ankle, my leg was so messed up, I couldn't even put my shoe on. Mm. So I was like, wow, okay, this is pretty bad. So this kind of developed into me finding out that I had a ruptured Achilles injury. Oh, wow. A ruptured Achilles tendon. Um, that developed into um, an even more exclusive injury. And so I pretty much got information that I wasn't going to be walking within the next six to eight months. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I, I found out the severity of that injury, and 
I, at that time, I was like, yeah, I need to go back home. I need a little bit more help. I need to kind of get through this. So that's what prompted the move away from Hollywood back to Memphis. So that kind of pretty much, like you said, changed the trajectory of, of everything, kind of threw like a wrench in the my short acting career. Man. And everything. So I pretty much lost... Uh, Lost everything. I lost uh, all of my money. Lost all of my property. Because um, you couldn't move. I couldn't. You I were couldn't. really idle. Like I, I you had to move. heal. I remember. I remember crawling to the restroom when this first happened. Like I was in so much pain. I remember having tears in my eyes. Didn't know why this was happening, but I remember having to crawl in the restroom to prevent from you know just having to go you know on myself or in the bed. And I remember being in so much pain that I had to literally crawl to the restroom. So when I did that. That's when I was like, yeah, I need to go home. This is pretty serious. You know, I need some help. And I was like, wow. But I didn't understand how an injury that severe mm-hmm. could just happen for me just pacing back and the forth. Way walking, the way it happened. You know, and me ending up rupturing an Achilles. And, and wow. I wasn't even the start of the injury. It was it, it turned into like a bone deficiency type mm. of thing. So the doctor was telling me that my bone and my muscles weren't even healing properly. So that's what took a six to eight month injury to a year and a half type of injury. So I was bedridden okay. actually for a year oh, wow. and a half. I would say about 17, 18 months. I would say about six months in California and the rest of the time here in Memphis. Well, in the midst of this injury, you yes. discovered a lot about yourself, right? Uh, I, and then, man, a whole lot. About right. Yeah. So we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about how this, horrific injury really changed Delvin's world, right? So we'll be right back with Delvin Young, a.k.a. Mercy, (laughs) on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Hey, hey, I'm Ina Esco, and we're back on the Verbally Effective Podcast right here inside of Cossett Library in the podcast studio. I am your host, your double E, Ina Esco, and I have photographer, creative director, journalist Delvin Young in the building with me. And we're going to pick up right where we left off, Delvin, with this injury that came out of nowhere came out of anxiety and you pacing back and forth and Mm -hmm. it changed your life changed my entire life had you down for how long a year and a half actually about a A year and a half 16 months approximately right when you were beginning your acting career right when i was beginning uh acting and uh kind of taking off with that modeling and everything in california hollywood and definitely yeah that's kind of were you sad how was your mental at this point um like I said, I had a I had a pretty troubling childhood, so I, I kind of developed a strong uh, mental mental capacity just based off of a, a rough upbringing. So I was a pretty mentally strong person, just of what I've had to go through, you know. But this by far was definitely the most challenging uh, experience of my life. So it kind of kind of threw a wrench in, into the the mental stability that I thought I did have because it, it kind of led me to to not believing in God, questioning mm. my belief in my faith in God, and it kind of led me to questioning just pretty much everything about life and, and where I stood and, and, and how things were going to go. Okay. And in the midst of all this, what did you discover? I discovered that God is the one and only, and he is the, he's above all. He, nothing is, nothing is, 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 let me look to the camera and I say this, nothing is too big for God. You know, nothing, no obstacle, no injury, Amen. no mistake, no problem, mm-hmm. nothing. So my faith in God got um, much stronger. My faith in my, my faith and belief in myself and my abilities got much stronger. And um, I just became a person that would not be stopped, mm-hmm. would not, would not accept no, 
would not accept mediocrity, would not accept failing. Um, I kind of made my mind up that I was going to beat it, that I was going to come back stronger than ever. And uh, that that's kind of how that happened. Now, during that period, you couldn't move that much. So what did you do? What did you do different? Uh, during that period, I spent a lot of time reading. I love reading. Um, I spent a lot of time reading. I spent a lot of time scrolling uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. I could uh, get whatever I could uh, find a time to, to do and, and see. I was pretty much catching up on everything. And I was really uh, watching everybody enjoy living their lives and, and, and seeing what people, seeing people accomplishing things, seeing all my uh, colleagues and my friends accomplishing things and just pretty much just going through their lives while I was bedridden for an entire year and just pretty much having to suffer through the pain and uh, just the mental health issues and uh uh, discovering that I had anxiety and all that. So it was pretty troubling, but um, that's pretty much all I had the time to do was just to look at everybody else, live their life, um, you know, spend whatever time I had with my kids and pretty much try to navigate not being able to walk and trying to not let that completely break me while trying to figure out how I can get healthy as uh, soon as possible. And so was it at this time where you picked up a camera? It was at this time where I discovered photography, actually. I was scrolling, uh, like I said, Instagram one day, and I just, um, I can't remember whose page I was on, but I was just on someone's page, and I just thought to myself, like, wow, this is art. This is this is pretty cool, the way he was documenting himself and others and just pretty much the way that he saw life and how he was able to pretty much document that and how he was able to express himself through photography. And um, I never really had... Um, an outlet or a chance to express myself before and I thought that that would be a really cool way for me to do it mm -hmm. um, and I thought that I wouldn't be able to act anymore I thought I pretty much thought at the time that I wasn't going to be able to run and you know jump and do all the things that the cool things that actors do so I was thinking of another way that I could possibly get my foot into the industry I was I wasn't gonna let that stop me you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying so I was thinking of another way that I could leave an impact that I could become a star, that I could become somebody still that uh, people would want to look up to and want to emulate one day. So you got into this wonderful, amazing world of photography, right? Yeah, I said, man, if I could ever walk again, I'm going to go buy me a camera and I'm going to see what I could do. What was the first camera you purchased? Um, I first purchased a Sony A6400. That was the exact camera I first purchased. Why that one? Um, I did a little uh, research. Um, I didn't want to ask anybody any questions. I kind of wanted to really keep things to myself until I was comfortable with uh, what I wanted to do. And once I had my mind made up about how I wanted to go about things. So I kind of did my own little research. And I figured to myself, I said, I want the camera that could do both things well. I wanted to be able to film well. I wanted to be able to take pictures well. And from my research, from what I had just learned, um, Sony was the uh, brand that did that the best. So that's what kind of led me to getting a Sony A6400 camera first. Um, I planned a little research after I took that camera back and got another camera. Uh, I still was sticking with Sony, but um, I okay. got a little bit better of a camera once I figured out what I really wanted to do, and I was take pictures. Okay. And what was that next camera, though? That next camera was a Sony Alpha 3. Okay. And I'm asking you, like, I know all the uh, terms for the cameras. <laughs> I'm learning a little bit, though. Mm. Um, but what I do want to know, Delvin, is what was your first photo gig? What, were, what was the first thing someone actually paid you to do? My first photography gig that someone... And let me say this, though. Or, or, or let me say like, this before you answer this. Mm -hmm. Because you take some amazing photos. Thank if you, thank if you, you so follow... Much. 
uh, Delvin on social media, you'll see his entire portfolio is impeccable. Thank you. you have the lighting down, I, I, you know, and, and I'm not a photographer, but I know <laughs> when I'm looking at a good picture, right? Yeah. So as far as your first gig, your first, just your first paid gig where somebody said, hey, can I book you? Um, My first paid gig for, for celebrity or just any paid gig any, whatsoever? Any, Um, I would say my first. Because you got to start somewhere. You do, you do. You got to start somewhere. I would say my first paid gig, I want to give a shout out right now to very, uh, very important guy, Memphis Meeks. Do you know who Memphis yes, Meeks is? Yes, I know Meeks. Memphis Meeks. Um, shout out to Memphis Meeks, my boy. Uh, very cool dude. Uh, Memphis Meeks, actually, I got to I gotta give him his props on this. He had to be some kind of a, a smart guy. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, he's very but, um, smart. Yeah, um, but he saw me mm-hmm. um, out one night taking pictures. And um, I, I guess he saw some potential. He saw some talent there. Or he, he saw a hardworking guy or whatever he saw. But he, um, he saw me out taking pictures. Um, I had no idea who he was at the time. Like I said, I was just, I, I, I didn't really go out of memories at the time. I had just moved here. And, um, so he saw me, he approached me. He was like, Hey man, uh, I've been seeing some, some pictures you've been taking. He was like, how would you like to do this for me? Every Wednesday, I, I throw parties here every Wednesday. It's kind of like an R and B night where we play R and B most of the night for the ladies. And then like the last hour of the night, we kind of transitioned into like a little hip hop hour, but, uh, it's pretty cool. I'm just starting it out. I got a pretty cool DJ helping me out, and, you know, we want to bring you on board. And at the time, um, I didn't really have anything going on. I didn't really have any uh, everyday gigs with my camera. I was just learning how to even work the functions on my camera. But that wasn't going to stop me from saying yes. You right. Saying? You didn't so, divulge that to Meeks, though. Yeah, you I didn't like, tell him. I was just trying to, I, was <laughs> cool. like, I was like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. I can yeah. do this for you every week. And, um I was I was with it. So shout out to Meeks. He gave me my first uh, opportunity. Besides my cousin Georgia, but uh, Meeks gave okay. me my first um, my first paid every day, every week opportunity. And how was that experience? It was fun. Um, I learned a lot about uh, nightlife. I learned a lot about um, the club scene. I learned a lot about partying and that environment and how to throw some pretty cool parties. Yeah. And, and, Let's yeah. talk about that environment because because sure. you work well in that environment. Yeah. Um, you know, you're taking some of these amazing photos at these events. Mm. Um, you know, I used to be in that environment a lot mm. uh, in my career in radio. I haven't been lately, <laughs> but but what is the nightlife scene looking like now? Give me some behind the scenes, like, uh, and even as a professional photographer, you know, what does it take to get that good money shot? Man, uh, the nightlife scene these days, to start off answering your question, is a, is a wild, wild place. It's the wild, wild place. It's like the wild, wild west, man. What? But, uh, yeah, um, but I would say it is definitely a vibe, depending on what kind of uh, scene you like, whether if you like the, the ratchet scene or if you like the, the more grown-up type of vibe, mm-hmm. type of scene. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like pick your poison, but... Memphis has a dope party scene right now. We got mm-hmm. some pretty cool uh, party promoters. Just pretty uh, a lot of variety now too. Yeah, I will of, say that. Yeah, a lot of variety. A lot of a lot of a lot of uh, mixed party party things going on. So you can definitely kind of pick pick your poison with them. But um, it's a lot of fun things going on. People know how to go out and have a good time. We got a lot of uh, really dope artists in the city producing a lot of great music right now. So that's helping out the uh, the club scene. So yeah. you know, and we got Memphis has a lot of. A lot of talented people, a lot of lot of great people here. Memphis so is on the map. Memphis has been on the map lately. We're doing a really good job with our talent and yeah. just bringing a lot of talent in, bringing a lot of outside people in. So you know, mm-hmm. the clubs are looking good. We got a lot of 
lot of great new venues. You know what I'm saying? Like In Love Memphis. Shout out to In Love Memphis. My boy Curtis Givens over there. Yes, because you work with Curtis. Definitely work with Curtis. Mm -hmm. He's a great friend of mine. He's helped me a lot with my career. So shout out to him. And he has a great place over there in Love Memphis. You know, got a couple new uh, ventures he's about to start and announce pretty soon. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a great scene right now. A lot of fun things happening. A lot of a lot of controversial things happening, but I mean that's that's all oh, it's over, a right? lot happening yeah, here in yeah. in our our uh, good old city of Memphis. Um, let's say I'm at at Love, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I want my picture taken. Okay. I mean, even a photographer dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Do you take everyone's pictures? Like, how, I mean, how you do what you do? Uh, it kind of depends on what I'm hired for. So if I'm hired to to do something like of the nightlife sort. I kind of just, you know, uh, whenever I'm in town, I kind of just come out, come through, uh, speak, holler at my friends, you know what I'm saying? Kind of enjoy the vibes, maybe have a drink or two, talk to some, talk to my friends, colleagues or whatever. And I kind of just pick up on the scene of things, pick, on people, pick up on people who are having a good time and mm-hmm. how they're feeling, how they're vibing. And I kind of just kind of catch the vibe. And that's pretty much how I take pictures throughout the night. I kind of pick up on the emotions of people, the movements of people, how mm-hmm. they're um, enjoying the night, whether they are enjoying it, whether they're not, or whether they're hearing their favorite song or mm-hmm. they're um, doing their favorite dance. Um, I like to photograph candid moments like that. And those are the moments that I think they kind of pretty much stick out. Um, are people like... Mercy, come take my picture. Um, it didn't start out that way. I, I would kind of like uh, it didn't start out that way. I would kind of like just um approach people. Um, I was just I would definitely try to catch candid moments. I think candid moments. Um, you, you're able to see candid moments, mm-hmm. and you're able to kind of just kind of like develop your own story or or vibe from seeing a candid photograph, and uh, it's kind of developed into me coming out and people want to do like whole photo shoots in the club, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because of the style of pictures that I take. So, um, it's been kind of like, yeah, you know, D mercy, come take my pictures or, mm-hmm. Hey, meet me at the club, take some pictures. Or I just see people out and they see mm-hmm. me and they automatically know what time it is. Like, like let's, let's take some great photographs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So outside of the club scene, you've worked with a lot of different entertainers. Yeah. Tell me about some of those. Uh, I would say um, from, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out from Future, um, Don Tolliver, Mariah the Scientist, uh, Ruby Rose. Um, and only been taking pictures uh, for fi- two years. Yeah, Fivio Foreign. Okay. Uh, man, it's, it's been so many people. A lot of people from Memphis, Glorilla, Hit Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people. It's too, yes. too, too hard to name everybody, but a lot of people. I've been blessed. And is it very lucrative? Very lucrative. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes, ma'am. Because you stay on the road, too. You're traveling quite a bit. Yeah, that's that's the fun part with uh, about doing photography. The camera can take you all over the world. Um, this, this camera I only spent a couple of thousand dollars on has taken me to places that I grew up wanting to visit. Just mm-hmm. last year, I remember, um, I remember saying all my life, like, man, I want to go to New York. I want to go to Times Square. And my camera has taken me there I, maybe I, a, a minimum of about four to five times just last year. And all paid trips, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, where I didn't have to pay for a flight or a hotel room or even any food. Your client covering that. My client covered that, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So shout out to shout out to all the clients <laughs> who take care of me. I love them all and they love me. So, you know. Definitely. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what camera do we have today? I know what you started off with the Sonys. What do, I, what do we got today? I still rock with Sony, man. Okay, um, so you sticking to the Sony brand. Yeah, I still stick with You're Sony. You're not a Canon guy. The the Canon is like the uh, <laughs> super popular choice for a lot of creatives, a lot of photographers, and rightfully so. Uh, Canon is a great brand. They produce a lot of great work. But um, I'm a very... 
I'm the type of person where I like to do a lot of things well. And mm-hmm. um, Sony does a lot of things well. So I like to, to be with people and brands and just, you know, people who do a lot of things well. And that's kind of like what I related to with the brand of Sony. They, they film well. They take pictures well. Mm-hmm. Everything. They do, it, they do it pretty well. So I've, I've uh, wanted to stick with them. So, Delvin, where are you taking this photography journey? I know that you're up for a huge award. Tell us about that. Uh, I've been recently um, nominated for Photographer Journalist of the Year. So I'm definitely excited about that. Um, There's an award ceremony going on in Atlanta. I think it was, um, I'm going to say May, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think May 5th or May 5th through the 7th where they're going to be Honoring a lot of creatives, photographers, journalists, um, artists, mm-hmm. things like that. So, I'm how did you feel when they reached that. out to you to tell you about I the was, nomination? I was overly excited. Um, I, sometimes I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a very humble person, um, mm-hmm. so sometimes I kind of like play myself even, pl- kind of maybe kind of like play myself even lower than what I actually am so even when i get like a lot of these accolades and a a lot of uh invites and a lot of great things happen i'm i'm still surprised by it i'm still shocked by it i'm still um i still feel a way about it so when i got i received an email and i was reading it and i was i immediately was like (laughs) i was blown away by it i was i was pretty i was pretty excited because i didn't i mean i know i'm kind of you know on the map a little bit just from being on so many tours and work with so many um popular artists but i didn't know people were all of around the country we're like yeah we gotta we gotta nominate that's this guy. huge He's pretty good. so i felt really good about it. it's a blessing okay okay well at this point Devin, we're gonna jump into a little pop culture news i, I hear that you're very big on pop culture right definitely yeah definitely <laughs> a big fan of pop culture you're following of uh, what's going on um and most recently uh let me ask you this are you a drake fan I'm a big Drake fan. I think you're a big I, Drake fan. I don't think there's any bigger Drake fan than me. I'm a big Drake Why fan. your boy keep rescheduling on us in Memphis with this? Uh, it's all a blur tour. Man, well, you know what? Well, first of all, I'm a big Drake fan, but Drake, he got his, <laughs> shout out to Drake, shout out to Chef Pat Poppy. You, you're gonna see this one day. You know what I'm saying? You know, but um, he got to book me for those pictures. He got to make me his personal photographer. Right. Put my banner right now to, to be his personal photographer. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get that established, and then I'm gonna make sure he shows up in Memphis. You know Please, what I'm saying? yeah, we gotta get him ready because all the rescheduling is. Yes. It's nonsense at this point. Right. And he has a key to the city, so he's welcome anytime that he wants to come. Anytime, yeah. Right. And yeah. so most recently, most deaf, uh, Yazimbe, he was interviewed on a podcast and uh the question came about is Drake hip hop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And okay. and most deaf responded and said, basically, Hey, he's pop. He's pop. Like yeah. if I go into Target, I can hear a Drake record Crazy. at any point of the day. Crazy. How do you feel about that? I felt. Do you like, agree? Uh, I, for first of all, I don't agree. You don't uh, agree? No. Um, I feel like, and this has become a trend lately. I don't know why, but I feel like a lot of the older guys in hip hop or you know music period, but more so hip hop, they have like a lot of uh, pessimistic views about today's music scene in today's artists and today's hip-hop i don't know why but um i i I don't see how he relates that to drake because drake is infamous for being able to cross over into so many genres of music whether that be hip-hop whether it be pop whether it be r&b whether it be dancehall whether it be hell whatever the case it is i mean he's (laughs) he's crossed over uh successfully in more than one genre of music so when you're Mm -hmm. you're able to do that and have success and to and to be accepted uh by a wide variety of the of the public for what you do musically 
how can you have any negative uh, views about the man and any negative any anything negative to say when uh, it's widely known he's a great artist and I mean the the statistics show I mean he's pretty good at what he does what he what he does I mean he has a mm-hmm. hundred awards you know what I'm saying I don't think he's mm-hmm. he's I think he's the most accoladed uh, artist out there so, he probably you know. is and you yeah. know what I listened to the entire interview that Most Def did for that podcast because I wanted to kind of really understand yeah. what happened after the sound bites that we heard <laughs> yeah. and basically the young lady uh, went into a deeper conversation with Most Def about Drake and you know, like you said, most is old school hip hop, right? Yeah. And he comes from the standpoint of really standing for something. Mm-hmm. And I think that most death feels away with this war that we have um, with Palestine and uh, that's going on right now in, is- in Israel. Mm-hmm. And he's not taking a stance. You know, like some of us want you to, you know, stand for something. True. True. And if you're not taking a side, then, you know, well, what are you doing? Yeah. So I, I think it kind of stemmed from some of that as well, because he hasn't been outspoken on that war. So, you know, have a lot of other artists have not mentioned anything yeah. about this horrible war that's going on overseas yeah. right now. Yeah, free, free Palestine. Shout out, shout out to right. guys, free Palestine. That we are funding yeah. the United States, exactly. right? Insane, man. I, 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 right. No idea how that's going on, but um, I mean, like I like I said, as a as an older hip hop head, which uh, Yasin Bay most def is, you know, he has his he has his views, he has his opinions, you know, he has yeah. a certain perspective where he feels like today's hip hop stars should take a stance and should speak mm-hmm. out on certain uh, uh heavy topics and you know should stand up for you know the 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 public where they be here on American soil or where they be overseas on what's going on over there in Palestine. So, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I said, that's his personal opinion. That's how he feels. But, I, but at the same time, Drake has stood up for so many causes and has helped so many people and has done so many amazing things. I mean, he, for Christ's sake, he has a he has a whole video where he's practically giving away money to, to kids to go to college, where he's practically helping family under underprivileged families. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So he's done so many philanthropic types of things so I, yeah. I would just suggest or think that would be the the wrong person to divert that type of energy towards i mean yeah. maybe a couple of other guys but definitely not, not yeah Drake. and you never know what he's doing that we don't know about you absolutely. know because yeah. a lot of these celebrities do things they don't want to broadcast it right absolutely yeah so yeah i got you i got you mr yeah. drake fan yeah shout out to drake man. Devin's a huge you. drake fan yeah, okay we're gonna jump into a few spitfire questions delvin cool. um so i'm gonna ask you this particular questions and i need it right off the dome okay cool cool okay cool, first cool. question right. favorite subject to photograph favorite subject to photograph models models okay why they know how to pose. They're pretty creative, um, and they're fun to work with. Okay, and that's and that's the thing with me. I don't know how to pose, honey. I'm just oh, uh, m- mush in front of a camera. Yeah, it could be hard. It could be pretty <laughs> difficult. What's the most unusual or unexpected thing you've captured in a photo? The most usual, mm. most unexpected thing I've captured in a photo: um, mm, cavities. Cavities. Yeah. Did you have to like do some um, what do you call it editing? Like some heavy to photo, get there, right? some, some heavy photoshopping, um, which I'm not too much of a fan of. I love Photoshop; it definitely helps people out. But uh, I like naturalness. Okay, yeah, I like I like the raw raw images. The like, raw like raw, editing. yeah. Dream location or subject for a photo shoot? 
Tokyo, Japan. Why Tokyo? Tokyo is uh, the delights, the, the culture, the food, the people, the fashion. It's just like top of the line for me. Next to New York, which I've been, like I said, about five to six times, but Tokyo, definitely. Okay. Best way to make your subjects feel comfortable in front of the camera? Make them laugh. You have to make people laugh. Put on some great music. Make them feel comfortable. Tell them how well they're doing. People like reassurance, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top three photographers you'd love to collaborate with? Hmm, that's a pretty hard <laughs> one right there. But I would say right <laughs> off the top of my head, I would say Nadia Lee Cohen. She's a very, very famous photographer and creative. She works mainly out of uh, California. Um, I would say JPW Photo. He's a very famous photographer. Works with a lot of celebrities. And um, I would say that's about it. So two. Okay. Mm. Favorite shot you've ever taken and the story behind it? Mm. This is pretty easy. Favorite shot I've ever taken would be of Future. Um, I took a picture of Future outside of a studio, um, Midtown Atlanta. Yeah, the story behind it, um, quick story behind it. I found out that he was going on tour and I found out that the first show of the tour would be in Atlanta. So me being the determined highly motivated, <laughs> highly self-believing uh, person that I am, I took it upon myself to drive to Atlanta. I said, it's go- I'm go- I said I'm going to take pictures of future one way or another, and today's going this is this is the time right now. So I had no idea how I was going to do it. Didn't have any contacts, didn't know how it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I talked my girlfriend into driving to Atlanta with me. We rented a car, we drove. Um, a friend of mine called me and told me uh, that he was with members of Future's Camp, and he told me where to be and what time to be there, and I was there. Mm-hmm. I was nervous. Um, I didn't know what to expect or what to do, but I took the picture. The picture went viral on my way back okay. to Memphis. It made its way to Future's phone, and he reposted the pictures, and I've been working with him ever since. Oh, wow. Like, for a person like uh, Future, is there, like, an approval process before pictures are posted? Like, how does that work? Definitely an approval process. Uh, Future is very picky about his uh, content and about his pictures and the way he's photographed and the way he's filmed. So Mm -hmm. um, the process would normally be um, his assistant or his publicist would see the pictures. They would approve of them. They would then uh, send him the photos or whatever the content may be. He would then approve of it. He would mm-hmm. talk to me about it, and then we would consistently see them on the Internet. Oh, wow. And I know one of the biggest pet peeves for people who work with photographers is mm-hmm. turnaround time. Turnaround time, yeah. What does that look like for Mercy? I'm famous for turnaround time. Like um, in, a, in, a, in a like a nice, a nice, nice in a, good a lot of time? In a good way, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm famous for a turnaround time. Okay. Um, I think when you get into indie, any um, any industry or whatever the case may be, you need to do your research beforehand and understand what would be able to set you apart from others. And I knew immediately that if I were, if I was faster than anybody and than everybody else, and if I was better than everybody else, then um, that would give me a lot more opportunities than everybody else. That would set me apart. So I immediately tried to figure out a way that I could edit quicker and faster than everybody else so the stars could be able to post photos in real time not mm-hmm. the next day or two days later or a week later but an hour later at the most you mm. know what i'm saying so I, w- I would be doing um a tour where i would be doing a concert and by the time future would be at the hotel his publicist or his assistant would have those pictures from that same night okay you're on show. top of it yeah so time okay. time management is crucial 
Okay. Well, Delvin Young, I have truly enjoyed you here on the Verbally Effective Podcast today. Any final words for the Verbally Effective audience that you would uh, like to share? Of course, definitely. And I've, I've had a pleasure, um, pleasurable experience being here to you. Thank, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's you're been welcome. my pleasure. I'm honored. So thank you and keep doing what you're doing also. And um, I would say just continue to chase your dreams. Uh, that is my message and will always mm-hmm. be my message to everyone that I come into contact with, everyone who sees me, who learns about me, who reads anything about me, would be to chase your dreams nonstop to do the work. I think that we have this... Uh, entitlement factor or we have this notion that the world owes us us something or we think that things are going to fall into our lap but Mm -hmm. take it from me somebody who's had to go through a lot of things nothing falls in your lap um, without hard work and actually doing the work and having faith in yourself and believing in yourself I had to have faith in myself to even think that I could do anything so it started off with uh, believing in myself believing in God and actually doing the work like even extra work just doing the work and, you know, once you do the work, the work speaks for itself. And, you know, God will, will bless you and the universe will move out of your way. All right. Well, thank you once again, Delvin Young, a.k.a. D. Mercy, for joining me <laughs> no on the Verbally Effective Podcast. I've truly enjoyed you. You are indeed verbally effective as thank well. You. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in yet again to another episode. And make sure that you hit that subscribe button on all social media platforms at Verbally Effective at Ina Esco at Ivy Multimedia. Hit that subscribe button for the Ina Esco YouTube channel as well. And I'll see you all next week.